Ladies and gentlemen, guys and gals, non-binary pals, and the Technicolor Rainbow in between, this is Modular Media Wrestling Podcast, and my computer decided to fuck up. Uh, so for the past bit where we talked about Impact, No Surrender, the women's tag team, uh, not tag, uh, the women's uh, number one contender tournament, and everything else, um, my mic was set to default, computer settings, not my mic. So it didn't pick up any of it. And with me in this uh, suffering is my tag team partner. You know what? At least Maki would be proud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh... Maki and Frederick Nietzsche. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick, should we just give a brief overview of our thoughts so the podcast is at least somewhat comprehensive of the week? Sure. Uh, I didn't watch uh, Impact or BTE. It is fine. Uh, the tag, to- uh, God damn, I keep saying tag tournament. The women's tournament was great. It was banger. It's, it was it's a similar thing. It's the title eliminator tournament. And the, uh, the, the production values were unexpected. Well, not unexpectedly, but uh, low. But you got used to it. And there was a lot of good shit to be seen. A lot of great performers doing a lot of great work. Um, uh, fucking some unexpected favorites. Some people making a big splash and some great comebacks to be seen. Yep, yep, yep. But that was the stuff we already talked about where the mic was fucking you on to dynamite. Wow, you're just going to kayfabe BT and Young Rock, huh? Okay, fucking... What were your opinions on BTE and Young Rock? <laughs> oh, since apparently you want to express them and you want people to know about them. I, I don't. Go actually, ahead. I no, the camera is on you now. You can go ahead and talk. In fact, I'm turning my mic. I'm muting my mic. Go ahead. It's your floor now. Uh, oh. Um, they were good and I liked them. Riveting, very valuable information. Very valuable. <laughs> we needed to hear that. I'm just upset that we lost the Allen Angels through line. Yeah, I... Shit happens. Yeah. Now I know that it's a thing week, because we hadn't had to check yeah, it because before. Yeah, because you wouldn't, you wouldn't need to check everything before you start a live show, would you? Not when it's the same thing every single fucking week. And it works every single fucking week. Does it, though? Yeah. Does it work every single fucking week? The program works every single fucking week. Oh. Um. All right. Are we figuring out who's going first into our list? Yeah. Four. Three, two, one. So, uh, I don't usually include the pre-show on the list because it's usually just Alex Alperhentes and Dasha Gonzalez messing around with a member of the roster who's doing a undercard thing this week and running down the whole card. Um, but there was actually something notable storyline-wise in this week's pre-show because they were with the whole Dark Order and the Dark Order layer playing into the fact that Alex Aprehentes is a tertiary member of the Dark Order right now. Um, 
and there's they're like getting ready to go down the card and evil uno's big upping the dark order when all of a sudden five's like i found it i found the email and they're like what what's going on and they read off hangman's email that he sent into the dark order all those months ago the lost email that Brody Lee flipped out about that they that they all went out about that Alan has been searching through all this week, just sending in acceptance letter after acceptance letter trying to find Adam's email. He finally found it. He reads it off. I don't remember it exactly, but it, it was it was very it was very um perfect for the character at that time, I would say. Um because this email would have been coming up just when tensions were starting to get high between him and the Bucks. Um, and, uh, the Dark Order's basically like, oh, shit, we've been going about this thing all wrong. We were making Adam joining the Dark Order about us, about how it would help the Dark Order, but we, we needed to help him. We need to, from now on, the Dark Order is about helping others out of the darkness so they can find a place of order in their lives. And we got to go find Adam, and we got to go apologize and say we're going to do better. Um, and they and they run off, and that ends the pre-show. Fucking cementing what their new character are, what their new character is. Fucking mm-hmm. great. They're no longer a cult; they're a support network. <coughs> uh, but speaking of Hangman Adam Page, we got the first match, which is uh, modified from what was going to be, which was uh, four-man tags on each side. Uh, this week, it is Adam Page and Big Money Matt versus the Hybrid 2. Hybrid 2 looks fucking great. Yeah, um, it's a solid match. Solid match. Good match. Um, Matt, being a consummate tag team professional, knowing exactly how to get a good tag team match, and Adam Page coming off of being a uh, champion. They looked great. It worked well. And then uh, the... The end, the twist happened, where Matt was going like, "Hey, you, you, just, you signed the contract, blah blah blah, thirty percent money. Yeah, we're 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 gonna we're gonna do so much business." And then Adam Page basically says, "Hey, you you might want to read that contract over again." And he brought in his legal team, who was Jackson Duvall, which was funny. Um, and basically. Matt, Big Money Matt, rereads the contract and realizes, wait a second, this is a match contract for Revolution, me and him, and if I lose, I have to give up the first quarter of my earnings to him. Pretty big stakes. And then Matt said, like, okay, fine, I'll take this match. I want to add my own clause. If you lose, I get your first quarter earnings. And Hangman being the honorable face, they shake on. And then Matt betrayed it because Jackson Duvall wasn't the mascot. It was the member of Private Party. I can't remember who it was. Mark it was Isaiah Cassidy. Isaiah. Isaiah because, Cassidy. Uh, was... Mark Quinn is stuck in the snow. Yeah. but uh, Him and a bunch of other people. Our thoughts to, our thoughts to Texas. Fuck Ted Cruz. Yeah, fuck Ted Cruz. But our thoughts to Texas. Um, yeah, and it was a beatdown thing, blah blah blah. And basically, my money Matt was also like, "Hey, TH2, if you beat up uh, Hangman, I'll pay you." And they're like, "Fuck yeah, why not? 
We're pissed he off basically anyway. just went, hey, who wants $600? Everybody who hits Hangman Adam Page in the next 30 seconds gets $600. Um, but then uh, the Dark Order come out and save Hangman and give him a chance to get a second win and beat off the bad guys. Freaking Alan Angel's squaring up with Matt Hardy. Goddamn, taking off his shirt too. Just showing them yeah. guns. I wonder if they're going to keep the masks for several of them. Like, I can see Evil Uno keeping the mask because he's always been a masked wrestler. But, like, Alan Angel and Preston Vance, maybe they start taking them off. Maybe. As kind of, like, I don't know. I'm not saying they should or shouldn't, but, like, as kind of a reaffirming their individuality in the order. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you know, Anna Jay was supposed to be a masked wrestler when she joined the Dark Order. And literally, she did it for one match. And then when she came back, Brody Lee was like, hey, great match. Take that fucking thing off and throw it in the trash. And it's done well for her. She's done good. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we have a match for Revolution. And it's going to be... I have a feeling it's going to be fun. I'm excited. I think it's going to I think it'll probably be the opener on the main show. Mm -hmm. Uh... So yeah, good times. I'm looking forward a to good, it. A good, a good babyface opener for Hangman Adam Page. Mm -hmm. But then uh, we go backstage, and Alex Marvez is with the inner circle. He's talking to Santana and Ortiz, and they're very excited because this is. And I didn't realize this, but this was their first title shot in AEW, and they've been in the company for 18 months now. Um, and they're very passionate about yeah, we're we're finally getting after those titles, and we can't wait to actually get a shot at the gold and immediately after they're done mjf just goes like yeah yeah great 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 sammy fuck you uh you crossed the line last week you're a little piece of shit and then jericho is just like max shut the fuck up you're Listen. making it worse yeah i know i i'm not an idiot i watch dynamite like everybody else so i saw what you did last week and i'm not kicking you out of the group for it but you're on you're on uh, thin ice right now, pal. And uh, Sammy, since you went ahead and left, uh, from now on, we are never speaking of you. We are never promoting you again because nobody turns their back on Chris Jericho. All right, you're blackballed from this group because fuck you. Very interesting. But it really does cement that uh, he's on his own and probably going to be more of a babyface. He's out on his own now, and he likes the way it feels. Did you see the 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 the, the speakings, the rumors of what the Impact thing was, and why Impact kind of got a little side eyed at Sammy? Uh, no, I just saw him making a joke about it on his blog where he was playing in the snow because he has heat. Um, apparently. He was supposed to go wrestle at Impact at some, and the pitch he gave Impact was he wins the X Division Championship and just keeps winning. I can see why that probably didn't sound great to them, especially when they're trying to promote a guy who just got back in the X Division. Yeah. Yeah, you can kind of understand why there was a, like a little bit of a warning of like, oh shit, it's things on shaky ground, and it's like. No, it's just miscommunication on, on several different parties. And one guy being a little bit of like, I don't want to say too big for his britches, but like the button straining. Yeah. My fit, I, 
I don't necessarily dislike the idea of Sammy Guevara in the X Division. I think maybe him going after the title and then losing it and then coming back to AEW would be a cool storyline. But like that's not what Sammy pitched. He doesn't need to win an Impact title right now. But next up, we have another part of the women's title eliminator tournament. Uh, Riho versus Serena Deeb. Oh my god, this match was everything we thought it was going to be. It was fun. It was so many bridges. Constant wiggling. I loved it. Because the, because Riho is a very small, tiny person. She has to wiggle about to get anything done. And Serena Deeb is a wiggle person. Because she's yoga. Yeah. Her whole gimmick really good. is... Like, she's... He would be if he had been into yoga while he was a wrestler. Yeah. But... Um, and freaking... Uh, I, I love how just... As much as you can in Daily's place with the current... The roof came off the house for Riho's return. That was nice. Yeah, it was real good. Real good, real solid. Um is this where we got the uh the YouTube matches announced for this week announced? Cuz I think they basically just said like, yeah, the whole rest of America Round 1 is next is this next week on YouTube, uh which I guess will be filmed dark style and then we're getting one Joshi match next week. Yeah. Let's just say it's there and if it's not, we'll figure it out later. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a, uh, a video package of Shaq training with Jade Cargill. Training. They played basketball, and Jade Cargill wore extremely first trap outfits. Um, and uh, Shaq was certainly Shaq. Oh. I'm... I I am very much in disagreement with Rich Evans at this point in time. I do not want anything to do with that juicy shack meat. Ah, uh, man. But we uh, had another. Uh, we had a tag match with. No, it wasn't a tag match. It was a singles match. Orange Cassidy versus Doctor Luther with uh, Chuck Taylor in Orange Cassidy's corner and Serpentico in Luther's corner. It was a match. I would like to quote a new term for this match because uh, it was called a squash match by uh, several people. And I suppose technically it could be called that, but given one of the competitors involved, I think this should be called an orange squeeze match. Yeah. It was it was a match. Yeah. I think it literally just happened because Kip and Penelope were stuck in the snow, so they couldn't do the full... Miro segment that they wanted to do so just to remind you that stuff is going on with Orange and Chuck uh, here's here's a squash match with Luther yep and I mean it certainly filled time uh, but then we got oh my god something happened in the Sting and Team Taz feud, everybody. It's picked up from, like, last week, it picked up, and, like, now, I don't want to say I'm super excited for this, but, like, I'm not down on this match anymore. Things are happening, okay? I I know that's an extremely low bar, but things are happening in this feud, because Team Taz came out, and they said, like, look, 
all week, like they always do, AEW has been advertising that Sting's going to call us out. He's going to have a big interview segment. Uh, look, nobody cares. Nobody cares anymore. Uh, we're, we're all sick of it. We're all sick of your games, Sting, and your, your, stupid, your stupid promos and whatnot. So just come out here. Let's just have it over with. You know, you, you used to snow. You snow stuck two of my boys. And now we're down a couple guys, and your guy's not here because he got taken to um, Team Taz World or whatever he called it. Um, so fair fight. Two of my let's do it right now. You get out here. And Sting comes out, and he's got the bat, and he puts it down, and he takes off his jacket, and he's like, all right, square up. Let's do it. And immediately, Brian Cage tosses him into the corner. Hook hits him with the bat a couple times. And then Brian Cage picks him up and power bombs the living fuck out of him. That made Brian Cage look so fucking badass. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the way Sting Soldier is like, oh god, I didn't expect that. Yeah. Like, he he sold that as only a 60-year-old man can sell that. I'm getting too old for this shit. But I gotta yeah. beat his ass. I love how Hook is in Team Taz's uh, uh, Jumbotron thing now. Yeah, that's, that's cute. nice. It's nice. Uh, Hook's a little baby boy. He's gonna train up. He's gonna be a big boy one day. You know what? That's the thing I kind of would, would love that I kind of like about AEW is each faction kind of has like young boys. Uh-huh. Chris, Chris but Jericho, they're not treated. But they're not treated like young boys. They're just another member. Yeah, they're like apprentices though, that, because it's kind yeah. of the vibe. Team Taz has Hook, and then Circle had Sammy Guevara. Mm -hmm. he, that was kind of the vibe that they were going you know with. Who they're, you know who Inner Circle's young boy is now? Alan, oh, negative one. No, that's Stark Order. Oh, yeah. Inner Circle... Wardlow? Yes! He's the most inexperienced member there. Holy shit, that does make sense. But uh, Inner Circle, you have uh, five... Alan mm -hmm. Angels, he's kind of like the young... And they actually treat him like a young boy. They treat him like shit. Yeah. And um, then uh, the Nightmare Factory has a couple different people that are kind of young boy-ish. Lee Johnson? Yeah. Uh, Freaking, um, I guess, Nick Camarado will be treated that way. But, uh... Yeah. I, I just like it. It's a, it's a nice little flavor. It's a flavor. Oh, you know who else is in the Nightmare Family that's kind of a young boy? Freaking Austin Gunn. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to do something with that. Uh, but uh, next up, we had a little promo from uh, Eddie Kingston. Mm -hmm. Saying that he wanted this match to finally just get rid of all these demons. Because all these people that he's going up against, he has faced and fought and... He like he just feels like there's unfinished business with all of them and he's just like fuck it let's get it. let's just fucking take care of all of it at once let's just do it yeah and i really like because like this is something that you wouldn't see in many other promotions today and it can and even in AEW, i feel like they're a little bit shy on the trigger with it but with a character like eddie kingston it just works to say like yo mox you're the you're the thing can't get rid of you with drinking, I can't get rid of you with pills, I can't get rid of you with women, but I'm gonna beat you in the ring tonight. And it's like, oh God. 
Bunny, Bunny, when he said women, she, she was like, you've had prostitutes? Okay. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be a prostitute? Isn't that your gimmick? No, she's just the bunny married to the blade. Because mm. they're married in real life. They Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Cool. Good for them. Yeah. Uh, then we go to a segment earlier in the day where Marvez is trying to walk up at Kenny at a uh, preschool that he's doing a guest appearance at, and uh, they just immediately shoo him away to read to this class of little kids, and he's going to read the Young Bucks this book, and the kids are like, are they in love? Just making fun of that cover a little more. Because, like... Because I have a feeling, like, the Young Bucks didn't pay attention, notice it at all, and then once they released the cover, everybody made fun of it, and they were like, oh, God, we did, oh, God, it does look like gay erotica. Let's yes, we're leaning into this now. Uh, but then after uh, basically saying, like, yo, uh, when Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho had a match at the Tokyo Dome, it changed wrestling forever, and he's like, yeah, I'm great, aren't I? Uh, and then Don says they need to leave, and the kids are like, oh, Kenny, stay and play with us, stay and play with us, and Don's like, no, Uncle Kenny has to go do more important things, but uh, you can play with Nakazawa-san. Nakazawa's like, yes, I will play with you, we will have fun, and the kids are like, you suck! And they just start beating him up and piling on him. And Kenny's like, should we help him? And Don's like, no, we're leaving. It's great. I like that little thread line of uh, Kenny kind of being, like, genuinely... The old Kenny's still there. Goofball Kenny's still there. It's just he's trying to hide it and bury it deep down within himself so he can be the champion that he feels like he needs to be. No, Mom, I'm a big, serious adult now. I have a cool belt and everything. No, Mom, I don't miss my boyfriend in Japan. <laughs> that's, what it, that's what it is. He went through a bad breakup, and now he's just blasting my chemical romance in his car all day. Oh, God. Now that New Japan's back, though. Golden lovers. I keep Dude, I, I am dead fucking serious. There's got to be a dynamite sometime soon when Kota Ibushi just shows up after the main event. And and they go and they fade out on just Kenny staring at him like it's a fucking ghost. Please, I just wanna I just wanna win. I wanna be the best. And Kotabushi goes like, You're always the best in my heart. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Fuck you, you didn't come with me. Give me your belt. God damn, that's gonna be heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. They'll be on American television. We might actually get a gay kiss out of them. And I'll just like the peck that they do in their entrance. Don't get my hopes up. I'm not I'm not saying they will, but like because they try to play it more ambiguous. Mm -hmm. But uh next up we do have a tag team match for the championship, Santana Ortiz versus the Bucks. With uh, Papa and Mama Buck at ringside. I was, was not adorable. expecting that at all, and it was wonderfully wholesome. Uh, yeah, uh, but uh, Nick wins. Uh, the Bucks win with a uh, roll-up. 
uh, nice way to protect Santana and Ortiz because hey, they were surprised. It was like, oh shit. Mm-hmm. Um, like they were literally, they were like, oh, ref spot. Uh, Ortiz start screaming about how we're the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's how it felt. It was, it was kind of like a okay, everybody. Oh shit, no, it's, it's good booking, good booking. Um, yeah. Inner Circle come out, start beating everybody up, uh, and then you go backstage and you see Kenny and the Good Bros standing, staring at the screen, going like, "We should do something. We should do something." And Ka- Don Callis is going like, "Should we do? Should we do something though?" I mean, look at them. They they probably they, they, mm, they probably they Brandon have Cutler's it. out there though. Look at oh, Brandon Cutler's dead. Brandon, uh, and then Kenny, and then the Good Bros go like, "We're just gonna go help him. We're just we're just gonna go do that real quick." Uh-huh. Uh, Which. I do that watching the match thing. They just parody WWE as far as they can. Like the freaking Good Brothers leaning over, like they're looking in a doorway. God damn it! <laughs> and it, like the Good Brothers probably said that, and it's always a cheeky sense of humor that do it. Or mm-hmm. the Bucks, the Bucks do it sometimes because they just yeah. don't like WWE. <laughs> I get. I don't think it's that they don't like WWE. I think it's that they're just like, no, any target is a target, so we're gonna take the shot. Yeah. But uh, Good Bros do run off the inner circle, uh, and Papa Buck does the shove Chris Jericho, which is good. Good wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you know what would be amazing? Like, fucking uh, Revolution pre-show match, Papa Buck versus Chris Jericho. I just realized Papa Bucks looks like one of the uh, the rock stars, the rockers. no. Rock and Roll Connection? Rock and Roll... Ex- mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> then we got the gender reveal of Little Nightmare. Brandy and Cody came out and the, the pyro was gender colored. It was pink. It's a girl. Everybody's all excited. Yay, white shit. I mean... The baby's not going to be white shit completely. It's going to be mixed. I was just like, Cody, I love you, but damn. It's fine. Mm-hmm. We had a like, wedding recently. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I mean, fucking gender reveals are... Not the worst thing in the world, but they're certainly one of the more cringy things in the world right now, I would say. But it's also giving um, an update on Brandy and the pregnancy, and there's people that are going to be... Yeah. That. Reminding you these people still exist without having a match or a problem. Yeah. And plus, it was also leading into Cody going into commentary. Yeah. Because uh, the next match is FTR versus the Seidel Bros. And uh, Cody's on commentary. Basically, uh... I have, I have a question about this match. What? Why the fuck was this on after the title match? I don't mind if you put a non-title singles match after the tag title match, but, like, if you're going to have a tag match and a tag title match, the tag title match should come after because it's it's because the segment before the main event tends to get lower numbers 
That's why the women's were in there so many times because TNT basically was like, women don't do that many numbers. Put it there so we don't have to worry about it. Like Chris, Jer uh, not Chris Jericho, uh, Kenny Omega tweeted that. It was like, no, no, TNT is kind of encouraging that behavior. We like, and we got to make them happy or else still, <laughs> or else we won't have TV. You know, so it's not an excuse of how they've done the women's division, but it is an explanation for some of the. Yeah, I saw things. that tweet. He was he was basically going like, "Yo, tune into these matches, watch the the YouTube, show TNT that you want this, like you showed WWE that you wanted Divas to be given a chance way back when." I mean. The Serena D Riho match was one of the highest rated bits of the show. Mm -hmm. It was one of the most viewed, and that's good. That's, so I can understand putting this match, which doesn't have a lot of build up, and it's meant more for kind of elongating and extending an already existing feud and giving it a new wrinkle in this spot, especially with Tully Blanchard off in Snowland. Yeah. It it makes logical sense it does not make it i agree with you it does, like i didn't think of thinking about it see yeah, that struck me immediately because i forgot about the match and for like three or four segments until the entrances started and i was like wait why is this match happening now it was also weird why cody is commentating on this match yeah i mean he like, was fine he did more... a good job like, Cody's 